Welcome to the Cap City Outfitters podcast. This is episode 120. Uh, you got Chris and Brian, and today we're going to run through um, some different products and things we've had good success in using over the winter. Uh, so starting out with um, the Psionics, the Aurora Pro versus the Aurora versus um, traditional analog night vision such as the PBS-14. Absolutely. Um, guys, you know, we, we, we do a lot of like percentage of performance versus price comparison conversations in the shop. Uh, one of the ones that you guys are probably tired of hearing me say, uh, but to give an example, a, a Streamlight TLR1HL performs at about 90 to 95% of a, of a Surefire X300U, both 1,000 lumen lights, uh, but it does it at about 60%, 70% of the price. So, you know, there's a value proposition there. We talked a little bit about that. Um, I, I, wanna, I wanna start off comparing the PVS versus the Aurora, not the Pro at this point. Yeah. Um, and, and basically the gist, and, and Brian and I are, you know, Brian's got a lot more experience with PVSs, but just a little bit I've seen this in side-to-side comparisons over the last winter because we've been running an Aurora um, side-by-side playing around with it. Unfortunately, not helmet-mounted because the freaking mounts are miserable to get. Um, but the reality check is the Aurora side-by-side of the PBS-14, if you're running IR illumination, is almost the same thing purely from a performance perspective. Yeah, if you're in an urban environment yep. with ambient streetlight or just kind of the, call it the glow that surrounds or central Ohio. Trash light. Yeah. Yeah, if you got, uh, yeah. So, yeah, very similar performance. Very similar performance. You put an IR illuminator next to it. Their 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 step for step performance is really good from a perspective of visual ability. Um, and so we've you know kind of been looking at that. When you get into truly dark, you're out in the country. There's not any ambient light. There's no you know you got good cloud cover, no stars, no moon. Um, you're gonna run out of function with the Aurora de- decidedly quicker than you will with the PBS. Again, but you should be running an IR illuminator with the weapon or as an adjunct to the device anyway at that point. Yeah. It, you know, that should be there. And most of the most of the laser systems and stuff like that, IR laser systems are slave to an IR light as well. So I don't see that you're giving up much there. Um, you, you definitely playing around with it. You can definitely see lag and movement when you're transitioning from target to target and things like that with the Aurora that you're not getting with the PBS because the PBS is analog. So there's no there's no computational lag or processing lag going on there. Um, but it, for the money, you know, you're getting again uh, 80 to 90 percent of the performance depending on who you are and what you're using it for. Um, and if you can tolerate the lag or having lag doesn't put you in a bad place for what you want to use it for. It's pretty freaking amazing, especially with the other capabilities like uh, Wi-Fi or Bluetooth recording, um, you know, and all the different things it gives you as far as, it can, you know, certain units give you direction, latitude, longitude, different things of that nature. Yeah. So that's there's a lot of good data that you can record and keep there, plus the functionality of the, the shot recorder where it basically buffers your video. It's not it's keeping it internally, not re- not actually recording it until you fire the shot, and then it goes back and pulls 15 seconds before and as long after as I think you want it to at that point. I think it to stop it. At least it. 15 seconds yeah. after. Yeah. So, you know, really, really neat piece of technology, um, but you're looking at, you know, sub $800 um, versus a PVS-14 if you can wait four to five months to get one or longer, getting especially getting a white phosphor, uh, but even a greeny weenie. You're still chasing down four to five months and thirty-two, thirty-four hundred dollars, give or take. Probably at least, yeah, at least thirty-four hundred dollars yeah, right now. Yeah, yeah, give or take. Um, now, also understand, guys, that the that the Psionics, as cool as it is, it's it's splash waterproof. 
It's not, don't get waterproof. Um, you know, it's not going to be handed to a 19-year-old private in the Army and, you know, probably is going to destroy the, the psionics. It's definitely not going to be as ruggedized. Battery life is very differential. You're getting 30-plus hours out of a PBS on a battery versus 2-plus um, out of the psionics unit. Um, I, I will say that I... Well, I will I, say, too, that the psionics is a rechargeable battery. Exactly. Um, it comes with two. Yep. Um, it charges over USB. So depending on what you're doing, you know, it's relatively easy to keep that plus up. Absolutely, yeah. If you're out in the boonies, then mm -hmm. I'm going. You know, you're gonna. The PBS makes a lot more sense from a battery usage perspective alone. Um, if you're in an urban area, if you're law enforcement, you're working out of a vehicle doing surveillance or out of a structure or a house doing surveillance, um, or you know, or as a civilian, something you can keep. You know, a spare battery on a charger and have it ready to go, kind of next to the flashlight. Um, you know, kind of conversation. Uh, it, it's it's a really, really, really good choice at somewhere between a third and a fifth the price, depending on which unit you buy versus which PBS you're looking at, et cetera. Um, the value proposition is definitely there. Um, I, I'm Full disclosure, I, the one I have, I've actually dropped twice, once on concrete. Um, it, yeah, I know, I know you're not supposed to say that because uh, it will be an open box demo unit at some point. <laughs> uh, I tell people all the time, never buy a used gun from me personally. <laughs> this might be the same thing. Uh, but I, I, I have accidentally dropped it twice. Um, once, once was on hardwood floor, once was on concrete. Uh, and you can't even tell. So maybe I got lucky and it landed somewhere. It landed just right or something. Um, but you know, this isn't, uh, Who's the dude down in Georgia who drops everything? Uh, uh, you know, Eric this isn't Allen. Sage. Yeah, this yeah. isn't a Sage test, but but I am clumsy, so that's a good good. <laughs> it's a good point to know for everybody. It is it is it is it is durable enough for for civvy kind of field use and whatnot. Again, I don't want to go beating off of MRAPs and Humvees and shit like that, but it's it seems to be holding up yeah. pretty well. Uh, the Aurora Pro is the newer version. Uh, they upped the uh, processing capabilities of the actual camera itself. It's a better camera. Um, and then they also have sped up the software dramatically. Um, when you start looking through it, playing around the lag, you can tell one versus the other that the Pro is a faster unit. Um, and the Pro also right now is shipping with a, a uh, illumination, IR illumination system, spare batteries, spare chargers, for both units, um, it's a really, really nice setup for about a grand. Uh, so something to come in and take a look at. Uh, I, I don't think they're going to lose a step on the waterproofness and durability and stuff like that because it's essentially the same chassis. All the changes yeah. are internal or software-based, processing-based. Um, so I'm excited to play around with the Aurora Pro. Uh, unfortunately, that's not going to happen unless I find time in the middle of the night to go do hood rat stuff. And I don't have time to go do hood rat stuff, nor do I want to go to the hood to do rat <laughs> stuff so either way um i will throw out there you know if you're law enforcement right now it's a freaking weird world one of the advantages of the psionics versus the pbs is twilight is where yeah. that that intermediate it has a twilight setting where the pbs is generally useless until it's actually dark um the the psionics lets you see in some dark pockets when it's not dark um, this is something you could very, very easily throw in a small pouch on your vest or on your gear or in a bag and have with you. Um, you know, between being able to see in the dark, being able to see what people are doing and stuff like that from a distance, it has built-in digital zoom. Um, you can outrun the pixelation on the zoom pretty easily, but it'll give you a two to four zoom pretty clearly. Um, great piece of, great tool to have with you in, in the weird days we live in. So as, as we come upon some 
different verdicts that are going to come down and some disquiet that's going to happen might be something to look at having on your person if you do stuff for a living. So, yeah. Yep. Cool. Anything to add to that? Um, yeah. You know, from a surveillance perspective, the fact that you can record um, video with the psionics. Um, also, you can stream, you know, the psionics from over Wi-Fi to a tablet or to your phone. So if it's a, you know, something you can set up on a tripod, you know, where you're not necessarily right next to it. Yeah, remote. But you can be, you know, sort of close to it yeah. um, to be able to see what's going on. Um, really gives you a lot of observational yes. and situational awareness type um, functionality. Yeah, it's a, it like it's a really cool device. Yeah. The, the technology aspect of it and connectivity aspect of it, I, I think, help put it in a different place than a PVS. It's, it's not the same device. It's, it's a very yeah. different device. Uh, it is also weapon mountable. There are some limitations there. Um, the mounts are a little hard to get right now, uh, but but it, you know just some different things you can do with it. It's a really, really cool devo device that's very versatile, if not quite as ruggedized and quite as perfected for dynamic stuff. Yeah. So very, very good for deliberate stuff, though. So, um, so yeah, cool. come in and check them out. It's kind of hard to play with one in the daylight. <laughs> we send people into the bathroom. Ooh, that's a little scary. Uh, but anyway, you can see in the dark with it, so it's okay. No one will sneak up on you in the bathroom, I promise. Maybe. Um, uh, optics. Uh, got a couple optics that have been revamped. Um, and, and some optics that we've been pushing pretty hard now for the last couple of years. <clears throat> but over the winter, got a little bit of a beating in rain snow, crappy weather, and low light use. And low light use tends to be a little harder on guns um, from a perspective of just bumping into crap because yeah. it's dark, right? Um, the other thing that usually gets optics over the winter, and again, I'm reluctant to say this, but it's just a fact of the matter. When you have a number of guys out with rifles and everybody throws a rifle in a rack, it's slung up, this, that, and the other. Invariably, somebody's slung, sling gets over somebody else's gun or a light and crap ends up getting knocked on the ground. Again, concrete, gravel, etc. Um, the, the new Trigicon Credo replaced the Trigicon AccuPower. Um, Brian has been a big fan of the one to eight AccuPower for a long well, time. Low power variables in general. Yeah, low power variables in general, but the, the AccuPower is, is kind of a, it's kind of a, it's a sweet spot. Um, because it, again, fits that, that value proposition. It is not an inexpensive device. You're ch chasing $1,300, $1,400. Um, but it is, but it is incredibly robust, uh, the glass is pretty daggone amazing. I mean, it, it's it's a it's a typical Trichicon, you know, optic where you've got better glass than you probably need. Um, they revamped the reticle, and as an LP, LPVO or low power variable optic with a um, with a front focal plane or first focal plane setup, um, it's it's kind of cool in in that the revamp of the reticle makes the center of the reticle where you would do fine aiming a little more usable at high magnification. But the rest of the reticle still gives you the dotto death up close. Um, there's not anything this optic doesn't do pretty daggone well, except it's freaking heavy. Um, it's really not that heavy. Oh shush! I'm old and fat. I don't like uh, heavy stuff. I mean, compared with yeah. other low power variables like a Razer HD, I'd say it's lighter than the Razer HD. Yeah, not not by much, and it's definitely lighter than like the Night Force Attacker, which would be yeah. its peer. Um, I, we got to play a couple different times with the Night Force, and I'm going to get in trouble for saying this, but the Night Force NS, NXS8 yes. is a one to eight LPVO. Um, that's, that's an awesome, it's an awesome optic, it, but it's a smaller tube. It's a smaller optic in general. It's a little bit lighter weight, but the smaller size of it creates the compromise around the eye box. Yeah. Um, so as you're doing some research on this stuff, Google the, the term exit pupil. It's essentially your, your, 
um, your objective lens uh, divided by the power of the optic and it gives you kind of in millimeters the size of the hole you're looking through. So when you start going to eight power, your exit pupil gets really small on everything. Um, understand that with a one to eight or a one to 10, you don't have to use eight or 10. Um, there's off, you know, there's anywhere in between and you'll find that the versatility of some of these optics at three, four, and five is pretty amazing when you're trying to go fast at intermediate distance, but leaving it on zero makes it a red dot. And then the ability to hunker down behind it at distance and dial it to eight or 10 is a really big deal as long as the exit pupil's not clamped down so hard that you can't see through the daggone thing. Yeah. And with and this... That's where the, the 34 millimeter tube on yep. the Credo yeah. um, just really outperforms everything yep. else in its class. Yeah, and the 34 millimeter tube gives it a ton of rigidity, gives it a ton of windage and elevation adjustment. Um, you know, it, 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 that, that's, that's what makes that optic. Um, the other thing is that the 34 millimeter objective lets it have a 28 mil, 34 millimeter tube lets it have a 28 millimeter objective, which is four bigger than... The, all the 30 millimeters yeah. it's a big differential um really neat scope uh you know like i said brian's been beating on me to to try one of these things and i finally bought one this winter um and and i will tell you that there are some optics out there that i dearly love like the trichicon acogs I, I won't sell my acog but i also won't buy another one yeah we had we had one of our tribe um you know switch from an acog to a credo yep and has not regretted it in the least mm -mm, mm -mm. No, the ACOG's brilliant, but the the one that a good low power variable is a better mousetrap, period. Um, durability wise, that was always my concern, and I think that with modern manufacturing, and the good manufacturers have alleviated yeah. those concerns around durability for what I need. Now, what a Navy SEAL needs or somebody, you know, I don't know. Well, um, let's look but, at, but like even the, the SF are, dudes, well, the Marines I, are going to the the Trigicon, the. Um, the VCOG 1 to 6. Yeah, yeah, which is an absolute tank of an optic as well. Um, and if you look around too, you know, you see pictures of go fast guys with Mark 18s with LPVOs on them all over. I don't know that that would necessarily be the case if it was littoral or, or underwater kind of bullshit. But again, on a boat, I don't know that you need a 1 to 8 necessarily. So, yeah. um, you know, when you're clearing a boat. So anyway, it's a really cool optic. Definitely check it out. Um, De definitely check it out. Trigicon's revamped a lot of their line, and they've got some new optics and some upgraded optics and some stuff that's just a, a tick better than what it used to be, which was already pretty daggone good. Um, also leading into that, too, with optics. Over the last couple of years, we've, we've uh, been hearing all this buzz around Holosun optics. Holosun makes Sig Sauer's entry-level non-magnified optics. Um, there's a curious disconnect in quality there because we have seen some QC issues with the SIG products, even though they're made by Holosun. They say SIG on the side. Yeah, and that maybe that's part of it, you know. Um, maybe Ron Cohen touched each one. I don't know. Anyway, uh, but as a Holosun product, the inexpensive Holosun stuff um, is not necessarily where I tell you to go stake your life on an optics, but they're great recreational optics. They're great optics on a secondary gun to train with and whatnot. Yeah, and by the inexpensive Holosuns, we're talking the 400 series uh, yes. optics. Yes, versus the 500 series. And the, the 500 series have been brilliant. Um, there, there are a number of go fast dudes around the world running like 512s and some other 500 series optics. Uh, we've had a number of guys go with the 510 as a replacement for the EOTech. Um, and, and then all of their smaller, you know, their regular tubular optics, um, anything in the 500 series generally is going to have auto adjust and shake awake. Yeah. A number um, plus, of local law enforcement going yes. to 503Cs. Yes. And, and it gives you a lot of those optics also have multiple reticles available to them. You can run a dot, a circle or a circle dot reticle. Uh, simply by toggling through them. Um, that used to be a big no-no in optics. If you could change out reticles, generally the quality wasn't there, but that's that's really changed a lot. And we're seeing Holosuns pop up with some guys who could run anything they want, and this is what they're choosing to run. Um, 
the hollow sun stuff is pretty interesting. Uh, Brian's been running one on a handgun. Um, yeah, and I've the, been the 507C in red. Yeah. Um, yeah. I really, I've got that on a G17, um, running the circle dot reticle. Yeah. Does everything I want it to do. Um, been super precise. Yeah. Um, I found it actually been faster to pick up the dot on that. Yeah. Than an RMR on a 19 it was. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if that's just a function of the way the 17 points or the fact that I can pick up kind of that ring on the outside a little bit. Um, so it's easier to just get the dot aligned, get yeah. the reticle aligned. The dot of death becomes the blob of death. A little bit, yeah. a little, little faster um, to pick up. But, you know, anywhere from 25 yards and in, it's basically, you know, put the circle on a on the chest area and go to work. Yeah. Yep, yep, and, and then don't screw it up with the trigger press. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, and I'm I'm running a the 507C on a uh, Scorpion that I just picked up and probably have uh, fewer than 200 rounds or 300 rounds through, but I'm familiar with the platform a little bit from playing with other guys, you know, subs, um, and then putting that optic on it. Um, it it's it sits right where it's supposed to sit in line with proper Scorpion sights. And it, it zero on the gun, you know, you were playing around with it. And, and I was kind of not expecting a whole lot out of that optic and realized that I'm stacking, you know, five rounds in, in little quarter size clusters going, okay, this is cool. But when I started banging around on steel plates and doing transition stuff, it's like, okay, this, the circle dots, you know, again, we're back to that EOTech mentality, put yeah. the big blob on the thing and don't screw it up with your trigger pull. So the Holosuns, uh, definitely something that, you know, two years ago, it had been like hollow who? And and now it's like okay these are these are being used by a lot of guys who know better than I do, um, and and so definitely something to take a look at because the price point from a competitive perspective is also there as well. Great value proposition. Yeah. Um, um, also a top mount battery on yep. the the five hundred seven C. Yep. So when it does come time to replace the battery, you don't have to take the optic off to do it. Yep. Um, yeah. 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 Really impressed um, with the with the product. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, so like I said, the Holosun stuff, uh, you know, or, or, or as we do, as we do this podcast, guns and ammo are still ridiculously difficult to get. And there are a lot of other things out there that have been super hard to chase down. Good quality optics are among them. Um, the Holosuns, there was a, it was a drought of Holosuns for months. And, and it seems that Holosun either is getting imported or is caught up or is doing something different because they're here and we're able to get certain, a number certain of models are here. Certain uh, models are tough. 512s have been tough to get. Yeah, 510s yeah. have been kind of tough to get. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the 507C and then the 507K too. Yep. Um, if you're running a single stack gun like a Glock 43X, Glock 48, um, Sig 365XL, um, Springfield Hellcat Shield Plus um, from Smith and Wesson, or like a Ruger Max 9, which is the new. Yeah. There's a boatload of them now. You know, one of those guns um, <clears throat> where you can put an optic on them. Um, the 507K is the optic. It's, it's the price like, points there. Yeah, the price points there and the, dur the durability is there. The reticle options are there. Um, I will say that's kind of interesting because I'm, I'm a Trigicon guy. I like my Trigicons. But the RMRCC, it, it just seems like they kind of lost the market yeah. in that because at the timing with Holosun, all of a sudden the RMRCC and what they want MSRP out of it's ridiculous. Um, you know, we're selling them really close to cost right now just to be competitive with where the market is on the RMRCC and the 507K is still less, and I don't know that it's less of an optic, simply because when you start shrinking things down, the engineering advantages Trichicon had go away yeah. um, in the design aspect of it. So definitely the K for sure is something to take a look at. Um, I think it might actually supersede what had previously been the optic, which, you know, the RMR mentality. So, yeah. yeah. 
Um, anything to add to that kind of little rundown on optics? Yeah. Oh, um, um, yeah. If you if you've been hesitating to put an optic on your handgun, um, that was something I kind of didn't want to do for a long time. Um, put an optic on your damn handgun. Yep. You will not regret it. Yep. Uh, if you're an agency, you know, and you're thinking about, you know, should our officers have optics in their handguns? The answer is absolutely yes. Yeah. And uh, guys, the, the data out there, if you work for an agency, um, there are white papers out there that are open source information that you can present to your chain of command that show you the whys, show you the hows, and show you the costs, show you the advantages and everything. Um, the guys at, at is it is it uh, Petty? Uh, what's the it's Centrifuge. It, 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 it um, they've got you know they've got a white paper out there. If you if you know some of the guys at eighty eight, um, they probably have a very similar white paper available. Um, you know, I, I would imagine Jedi, the Modern Samurai Project, Scott Jedlinski probably has some data yeah. available to you that's all open source information that you can present to your chain of command and say, hey, this here's the why. Um, you know, in 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 today's day and age. It, it, it won't make you um, not reach for your taser on accident, but once the gun comes out and it's time to do work, it's, it is going to improve your hit ratios. Yeah, dramatically. Dramatically. Um, yeah. You know, one of the one of the big things is it allows you to stay target focused Yep. Um, with your vision, so you can keep your vision down range. Um, if you're getting a little bit older, so we're north of 40, yep. maybe north of 45. Yeah where the eye naturally doesn't want to focus on things at arm's distance, um, you know, be able to stay target focused and then just superimpose the reticle on the gun when it comes up. Yep. It solves all kinds of aiming problems. Uh, I would wager that, you know, if you've got officers that it's a challenge to get them to qual when it comes time to qual, um, that problem would go away with a red dot on the pistol. And also with what we're hearing from the guys out there in the high-speed shooting world, com competitively speaking, who also train people, they've got a lot of those guys have gotten to the point where they hand somebody a handgun with a dot optic on it first. Yeah. The sight alignment is put the dot where you want it and then learn how to pull the trigger. Um, let's face it, probably the biggest detriment that most people have, police officers, civilians, and concealed carry worlds, people that are newer to this stuff or don't train all the time, is learning to press the trigger without disturbing your sight alignment. Um, this takes away, well, the front sight has to be here and the rear sight, and then they both have to be in relationship to the target and this and such, blah, 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 versus put the dot where you want it, squeeze the trigger. Once somebody learns how to squeeze the trigger, then teaching them what a proper sight picture and sight alignment looks like becomes a little bit easier yeah. because there's a mechanical aspect that they're less likely to screw up. Mm -hmm. um, still slower, still a still a second place option, but way better than not. So it might you know might help out from that perspective as well. Yeah, as far as you know, using dots as a primary, um, we've been doing this on rifles for twenty yep. years. Yep. It's yeah, there's time there's, for handguns to get yeah, I mean, in the same place. Yeah, I mean most agencies, uh, the military and most agencies out there, if you didn't, if you don't have you know, if you don't have an optic on your rifle, you're 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 short tripping yourself um, out of the gate. Yeah. Um, and why we're not looking at handguns like that now? I don't get five years ago maybe, but but now I, I don't get it. Why we're why we're not looking yeah. at that? So, um, yeah. So definitely take a look at that. Those those opportunities are out there. The information's out there. Um, you know, back to kind of keeping our boys in blue safe. Uh, this is a tool that's going to help you be better at your job. Heaven forbid you come to the end of that force continuum and you're forced to use it. Yep. This will make you more effective and, and, and get you home, quite yeah. honestly. It'll get you home safe at the end of your shift. It'll help. So, uh, Last thing, going down the same road, lights. Uh, we have been beating on cloud defensive products now for the winter. Um, I've been running an owl and a rain. You've been running a couple of different REINs. 
Yeah. Um, you know, we've sold a boatload of them. We've got a number of professional end users using them. We've got a number of guys who are training nerds who go out and do a lot of time on the range and a lot of time in classes um, in, in these environments. Over the winter, the majority of what we do is low light from a training perspective. Um, I, I'm going to tell you that, that if you're chasing down pure durability um, in a unitized device that is just freaking bomb-proof and is going to do everything you need it to do, the Cloud Defensive Owl is a brilliant light. If you need the versatility of mounting and switching, having the light mounted where you want it or need it, and versus a pressure pad being somewhere else on the gun, um, then it's super, super hard not to look at the REIN. From a performance package, they're both very, very similar, 50-some thousand candela, uh, 12 to 1,400 uh, lumens of output. Uh, they're scout mount systems in the case of the REINs. They're pick rail mounts in the case of the cloud. Um, the, the range the of, What's that? In the case of the owl, it case of the owl's the pick, yeah, it's yeah. pick, um, and there are adapters for the RAIN to make it pick, scout to pick, and go on. Yeah. Um, so you know, there's there's definitely different way. You know, there, all the modularity you'd ever want is there. Um, if I'm looking for a drawback, it's that they only run rechargeables. Um, I don't see that as a drawback right now. I don't. For me, um, if you're if you're in the field, if you're somebody who's extended time in the field, and in your your chain of command or your organization is handing you piles of CR one two threes, there there might be some advantage there in not having to have equipment needed to recharge stuff. Um, I still I don't know that I'm buying that, but I'm also I don't live in that world, yeah. so I'm willing. I've had a couple guys throw that at me. So, um, um, they know more about it than I do, maybe. Yeah, if you're running an OWL or the large REIN, they run on 18650. Mm -hmm. um, every Vape douche flute runs on an 18650. <laughs> um, so 18650s are kind of like the old mentality of, well, yeah, I can find a remote and it's probably got double A's or triple A's in it. Yeah, the old EOTech, um, the yeah. old EOTech 512 mentality. Every, in, um, no matter what, no matter what shitbag house I'm in, there's a remote sitting there for the new 55 inch or 65 inch TV, um, and it's probably got double A's in it. Yeah. Um, thank you, Brad. Thanks for teaching me that a long, long time ago. So. Uh, you know, also like for the REIN, the Mini runs on an 18 350 battery. Um, you can get those for 10 bucks. You can get the exact battery for 10 bucks a pop on Amazon. Yeah. Um, if it's, there's no reason not to have four of those. Or you can or buy, or you can go kit. full pony and go Surefire and buy the Surefire rechargeable 18, or the, the one, two, three rechargeables work as 18, 350s? Nope. No, okay, nope. so different beast. So that's what you totally got to avoid. different beast. Okay, um, yep. Yeah. Belay the, that. The, the voltage output on the 18, 350s and 18, 650s um, is such that it's dramatically improved over what a CR 123 will do. Okay. Uh, we started looking at CR 123s, and you know, it's really 20-year-old battery technology. Yeah. Yeah. It still works. Um, it's still extremely durable. Um, still has great long-term storage. Um, and we'll get to, well, actually, we'll get to, get to the new Surefires in a minute here. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. But as far as, like, light output and whatnot goes, the cloud defensive stuff is a generational improvement over anything Surefire Streamlight has in the market right now. Truth. Truth. Um, and I can wait. I'm going to throw out my analogy. I'm going to throw out our experience with it. At 300 yards... Um, uh, it, at, at night in the dark, it was cloudy, cloudy, gigundo backstop, um, wow. and, X, and no snow and no snow, no reflectivity, no nothing. Um, a, a surefire X 300 U will let you see an enormous backstop at 300 yards. It'll let you make out the outline of it in, in differential, um, going to the scout light, the 1500 dual fuel will let you make out non natural things like extended straight lines. The example would be a, a maybe a target system downrange 
that has vertical posts or has horizontal hanger posts, it'll let you kind of make that out a little bit. When you flip on the cloud or the rain next to it, it engulfs the 1500 lumen Surefire somehow uh, because of Candela and because of differential reflector manufacturing or design. Um, at, you go from going, I think that's where the plate should be to which one would you like me to shoot? Yeah. Um, it, it is, it is like, it's <laughs> night and day. Ha <laughs> See what I did there? It's like night and day. It's yeah. freaking amazing. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, one of our friends, um, just the other day had, uh, was out at his parents' property, um, chasing muskrats somewhere between 50 and hundred yards in a pond. Yeah. Uh, with the the RI, and he's able to see, you know, the shadow and the shapes behind individual grades of, of grass. Yeah, and you know, was able to tag two muskrats uh, in the yep. pond um, because of the light he was using. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's, it's pretty not awesome. Much of a difference. Yeah, um, you know, shooting these in snow and fog and rain and stuff. Yeah, um, the cloud lights with the candela increase over anything else in the market. It just cuts through all of that stuff so much better. Um, gives yeah. you usable reflective light when it comes back to your eyes. Um, really does make a difference. It's a just a massive performance. Well, it's a difference. fog light. It's like the fog light conversation around vehicles. Uh, so many vehicles have this super super blue bright white lights that as soon as it starts snowing you can't see crap. Um, and so you put fog lights on it and take that light, warm that light tone up. All of a sudden it cuts through stuff. So it's the combination of raw power and candela where that power is being focused. And then also the fact that that light tone is easier on your eyeballs and lets them do what they're supposed to do. It's, it's, it's amazing. Yeah. So if it sounds like we think it's a better mousetrap, it's because we think it's a better mousetrap. Again, I have been a surefire nerd for a long time. I own tons of surefire products. Um, and, and until something supersedes the X 300 on a handgun, I'll probably yeah. stick there. But as far as rifle lights, weapon, you know, long gun lights or, or sub gun lights, things of that nature, where I've got a little more real estate, um, cloud defensive or, or some of the competition out there that's really stepped their game up. Surefire better take note and catch up or they will, they will find themselves irrelevant yeah. uh, fairly quickly. And I think that's, there are a lot of folks out there are saying that, that know a lot more about this than I do. Um, I, yeah. Surefire, wake up. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, guys, there's there's just so much cool stuff going on right now, you know, last over the last year or two with products that we've actually gotten to get out and beat on. Um, One real quick thing. Yeah. Um, Surefire has come out with a new... Um, oh, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, rechargeable 18350 system. I'm oh, sorry, not 18350. CR123A. Man, um, you're... Had stop one, listening to me. Stop listening to me. I've only had one cup of coffee yeah. so far this morning, yeah. and I really need to... Uh, yeah, Surefire's got a new um, CR123A rechargeable system out. Um, we've been running these batteries ourselves over the winter. Um, performance is absolutely on par yep. with standard Surefire 123As, um, and these are rechargeable. Um, they're doing both a kit um, with a charger and a double pack of batteries, which is running like 34 or 32 or 34 bucks. Yeah. And then they're doing a two-pack of batteries, which is Chris is going to get the pack of batteries yeah, at price. Two-pack of batteries is running like sixteen something like yeah, that. Yeah, we're think sixteen dollars yeah. for the for the two packages right. batteries. And then uh, thirty-two for the charger and two-pack. Yeah. Um, so you know some options there if you are running you know one twenty-threes for stuff. Um, you know, something to look at uh, gives you you know maybe you still want you know the throwaways. As stuff on your kit, um, just to have a bunch of them when you need them. 
but being able to you know recharge and these recharge over USB. Yep. So plug into you know laptop, solar charger, car, um, whatnot gives you some options for batteries right there. And along the same lines too, you know some of the eighteen six fifties like we we carried Streamlight's eighteen six fifty batteries. USB rechargeable. Um, you don't need an actual charger. You just need a micro USB to USB, yeah. um, and it'll and and so you can charge them in a vehicle, laptop. You know, you charge them off of any of the little power packs and stuff like that really, really easily. Um, the, the the battery world and the the ability to have everything you need in the field or or on your in your vehicle or whatever the case may be, if you're law enforcement or something like that. Um, there's no reason you can't be set up and ready to go. And it's, it's cool to keep some spares around. That's all fine and dandy that maybe aren't rechargeables. Uh, but the, the, you know, with this expensive as CR123s are and a lot of the lithium batteries out there, this is a great way to go as a backup or, yeah. or as a primary and have those as backups yeah. actually would be a better mousetrap. Yeah. 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 Uh, on that note, as we come across you know, cool things um, and whatnot, uh, we post them to our Facebook and Instagram. You can find us on there uh, at Cap City Outfitters. Um, also, as we get inventory into the store, um, that's where to get posted first. If you see something on the Facebook or the Instagram that you like, feel free to give us a shout. We can take a credit card deposit over the phone. Uh, we do an email newsletter once a week. Um, you can sign up for that on our website, capcityoutfitters.com, or drop us an email at info at capcityoutfitters.com. We will happily subscribe you to the newsletter. Uh, on our website, you can find valuable information, such as how to do an FFL transfer, or how to purchase a suppressor via our storefront over at silencershop.com. Um, so please check out the website. That's capcityoutfitters.com. Uh, lastly, come visit us at the store. We're in Hilliard, Ohio, 4465 Cemetery Road. We are in front of the Aldi's. Um, we're directly next to Louis Fusion Grill. Um, we look forward to seeing you soon. Uh, please note our hours are um, Tuesday through Saturday, um, 10 to 5, and we'll see you soon. Hashtag defund the White House. <laughs>